welcome listeners to the Religious Studies Project. It's the 11th of June. I'm speaking to you from the past. And I am <laughs> and I'm Chris Carter. Beyond the grave. And that is um, the ghost of Dr. David Robertson on the other side of the table. Um, we're getting giddy because the weather's been so good lately and um it's you know that all that we're not used to that extra vitamin d in scotland <laughs> um i look healthy for the first time in six months um you know we've got some fresh green in our diet exactly it's wonderful um it's really good for the spirit um which you know outside, this yeah, is great. outside of a religious framework you know you could say that everyone is spiritual in some way, aren't they? Well, I find it, it's it, there's a lot of nature outside just now, and I find nature very nourishing to the spirit. On that note, um, there's a reason that we're being facetious. Um, we have an excellent interview for you here. It's more of a, a three-way conversation than an interview, perhaps. It's between Boas Huss, Steve Sutcliffe, and the guy sitting opposite me, David Robertson, and they're... <laughs> they're talking about um this um quite sort of amorphous nebulous contested term spirituality uh what scholars can do with it what happens with it out there in the the meat world and in the spirit world so uh take it away david steve and boaz spirituality is a term with enormous currency in contemporary discourse and religion but despite this, it remains under-theorised. Little consideration is given to its development, and most scholarly work simply dismisses it as shallow and commercialised. To discuss spirituality, I'm joined today by Boaz Huss, a professor of Jewish thought at the Ben-Gurion University of the Negev, and also by Steve Sutcliffe, uh, who is senior lecturer here at Religious Studies in the University of Edinburgh, where we're speaking today. Um, so we thought we could maybe start then by setting out a little of, you know, setting out the stall. Tell us about spirituality and particularly the way it emerges as, as a, as a, an identifier during the, the kind of new age and the post-war period. Okay. Well, I could start and say something about that, but it's very good to have Boaz here to, to join in the discussion. So welcome okay. to Boaz. Welcome here. Thank you. Um, well, I suppose I, I came across spirituality and became, you know, pretty much convinced of its significance as a cultural category when I was researching uh, the so-called New Age movement. And in work that I did on that, I came to the conclusion that uh, <clears throat> there wasn't a very strong movement uh, that we could call New Age. There was a term, New Age, which was mobilized in a whole series of networks. Uh, but then increasingly what scholars were calling the New Age movement after the 1970s was better understood uh, as a network of people whose preferred term was becoming spirituality, uh, sometimes qualified by, you know, mind, body, spirit, spirituality, um, sometimes uh, holistic spirituality, often just spirituality. And this kind of shift seems to have been happening uh, particularly, I would say, since after the 1960s, although the post-war period is important as well. But, of course, there's also a very complicated and lengthy genealogy of the term emerging in a number of different groups as well. So it's a very complex but lively cultural category about which we still know very little, I think. 
And what some of the sort of themes and motifs then that we can pick out in this discourse and spirituality, right. the various other terms? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, Boaz will have his own ideas here. I mean, for me, I've been interested in how it is often a kind of signifier for a form of what we might call vitalism in some ways. You know, mm. There's something more um, bubbling away uh, in, in social life and beyond social life that the old category religion for users doesn't actually adequately tackle. Spirituality, a bit more uh, nebulous, a bit more amorphous, but actually does quite a good job through that nebulosity and amorphousness in pointing to something that people feel, you know, there's something more going on here. Things have got more life to them. Uh, they've got more energy. Um, you know, there's something else going on. So that's been the route uh, which I've been interested in, 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 in the term, you know, why people are using it to point to this feeling that there's, there's something more going on in, in life. And maybe you can turn to Boaz then. How does this, there's a shift there, right? When it's, when spirituality starts to get picked up by the new age movement, it, it, it changes its meaning. It's, it's not a new term, but it, it takes on a new set of uh, connotations. Yes, yes, definitely. I think there is very similar to Stephen. I was very much impressed by, by the, the, the prominent presence of spirituality as, as a term in contemporary New Age movements, which I was working on in Israel, contemporary Kabbalistic movements and other. And I, I think actually also amongst my friends as a, as a term that's very much alive and very much easily used by people to define themselves. Now, what for me was striking, maybe because I'm a historian and I started my work uh, working on uh, medieval uh, 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 Judaism and religio religions and uh, early modern is is this this really significant uh, shift of meaning in spirituality because spirituality has a uh, spiritual has a very long uh, term actually it comes from a biblical term very prominent signifying the spirit in contrast to the to the to the body to the materiality corporeality uh, and, it, and it played a very important role in medieval uh, uh, Christian theology, in translation also in Jewish uh, um, uh, theology. And it seemed to me that the, the, the use today is very different. And actually, I think the two main uh, centers of the use of the term in, in, in early modern period changed. One is the... Uh, is the juxtaposition of uh, spirituality co to corporeality and materiality, which was very central. And today, many people use the term spiritual, applying it to corporal, material things. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, yeah. yoga, sports, sure. uh, martial sure. arts, sure. Uh, healing, etc. And the other thing was the detachment from religion, because spirituality was considered the core of religion, related part of religion, and, and really the core of Christianity and religion. And today, I think the term that caught my, my attention was spiritual but not religious, mm -hmm. which I think people tend to dismiss it. Some, you know, to make, well, a lot of people use it, but I think some scholars at least dismiss this notion, are they saying it? Yes. But actually, they are religious or secular. But I think we should take it very, very seriously that people choose to define secularity in opposition to the term that spirituality came from, and that is religious. Um, except, yes, as well as the, the uh, spiritual but not religious, you are seeing in very recently, in the last 10 years or so, 
uh, the church is making a kind of reclaiming of that, and you'll see spiritual and religious yeah. pop up. Yeah. Yeah, so it's right. not so much that if I mean for from these the point of view of these religious <clears throat> practitioners, um, spirituality is still the the er concept with mm. religion being mm. part of that. Mm. Um, so it's it, you know it's mm. shifting in different mm. ways mm. even even in the last mm. few years. Well, it's a very user-friendly concept, isn't it? I mean, yeah. and it's also a multifunctional concept, I think. So the user-friendliness is that uh, it's got a warmth and a vitality to it, I mm-hmm. think, you know, that religion doesn't have. And religion, you know, in popular parlance, has been uh, demonized, in a sense, stereotyped as this kind of oppressive institutional force, you often hear the term of institutional religion, which is juxtaposed to a kind of free-floating spirituality, something like that. So it's a kind of attractive word for people, but it's also multifunctional, I think, and it does various things at different levels for different audiences. And I think for the folks who might have been involved in uh, New Age and related networks, um, it fulfills that function of a fairly freewheeling, personal, um, networked um, approach and discourse. But it's also been picked up, and this is interesting as well, I think, it's also been picked up in, in, in sort of government policy, educational, mm-hmm. uh, health circles, you know, mm-hmm. so we have here in the UK, as you probably know, Bias, you know, we've got spiritual chaplains now mm-hmm. in NHS hospitals. We have spirituality as a kind of a, mm-hmm. a perennial, all-encompassing term in interface circles. We have various think tanks exploring, you know, the meaning of spirituality and, and cultural life. And so it's a term... These, these uses of the term are not all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're camouflaging various positions behind them. There are ways of putting new pawns on the chessboard to advance rather concealed well, forces. Yeah. Other times they're much more grassroots, um, naive in their uh, use. And it reminds me of the, the way that interfaith is often used um, with a rather sort of ecumenical um, agenda behind it yes. that, you know, we might as well all team up in order to promote religion in the public sphere. And sp- yeah. spirituality is another way of doing that, of course, yeah. because if you accept that, okay, maybe religions don't have a place, but spirituality does. Yeah. And so who shall we get to speak for spirituality? Let's get, you know, yeah. somebody from the Church of England. Yes, yeah, I think that shows the power of, you know, the cultural power of this term that is adopted. Now, what's interesting, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, the people related to to churches, they don't go back to, I don't know, Loyola's uh, uh, spiritual practices. Right, they right. adopt spirituality yeah. from its modern, uh, uh, I don't know, unchurched use, yeah, yeah. and it comes together. It, it, it enters the, the churches with yoga, with Tai Chi classes, with other mm-hmm. new age. So, so I see that as part of, of really the, 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 the language of new age and spirituality also uh, uh, entering new places. And you said also, of course, mm-hmm. medicine, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, government, mm-hmm. uh, business, business is very strong. So I, I think that shows really this powerful and, and somehow the relevance it's a good term for people today. Yeah. If not, they wouldn't use it. There's something very, I yeah. think, serious and significant about it. And, and I think this tendency of some scholars, yeah. you know, to dismiss it, it's really, you know, not looking at something very interesting that's going around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, 
That, but that's, that might be an opportunity. Some of the scholars, two, two books come to mind that have, have been very, very critical, often in, in a slightly polemical way about this, which is uh, Kimberly Lau's book, uh, New Age Capitalism, and then also Jeremy Curran yeah. and Richard King's book, Selling Spirituality. Yeah. Now, um, both of those books, you know, have got a similar purpose. Um, Kimberly Lau works out quite a sophisticated account of ideology and how spirituality is an ideology in her book, but she's still got this kind of criticism. In the case of uh, Jeremy Curran and Richard King's book, it seems to be more about... Um, you know, a slightly nostalgic uh, mm-hmm. reach back to um, you good know pure, old, uh, authentic, good old religion, as yeah. opposed to this sort of rather nasty sort of. Yeah. However, what I was going mm-hmm. to say is, if if, there, if, a, if if it is a multifunctional term, there is one angle of it. It seems to me in which you know the correct and King and Loud critique is correct. In that you know, in businesses, we just mm-hmm. mentioned it. You know, there there can be a mm-hmm. sense in which spirituality is a way of. Producing a happier workforce, a more comfortable workforce, you know, a more productive workforce. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't seem to me to be the whole of the picture. So that was what I was saying about how it's a multifunctional kind of discourse, sort of of layered or stacked with different kinds of uses and and goals. I think an important aspect of it to take in parallel with that sort of neoliberal um, critique is, is... the Jungian kind of psychological idea. And and those aren't separate, but you see the growth of sort of um, psychological and Jungian ideas right. in the business sphere, um, particularly because it's, you know, um, well, you know, the, the, the Marxist critique is that by, by treating the, the mental health issues that arise because of neoliberalism, that it allows neoliberalism to continue as, a, mm-hmm. as an economic model. But of course, that's also the foundational model of large parts of the New Age milieu. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, this sense of the self and about yes. the purpose right. of life being to develop the self, right. um, right. which uh, is as well maybe points to how some of this blurring between you know the idea of the spirit as something not the body and but simultaneously <laughs> also the body. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me a bit of Paul Helas's work on self-spirituality or self-religion that he was developing a while ago where, I mean, he's been critiqued by, by Matthew Wood and others for having a rather a social model of the self, which I think is right. But nevertheless, he was pointing in some of his early work to, um, I think, one of these um, telephone marketing companies who were working with the idea that, you know, if you were in touch with your true whole self when you're at work, you would get better business results in your cold calling of people. You know, if you're doing that, you know, mm-hmm. present in yourself, that would have an, an impact. With and authenticity. You would be, yes, and you would be at, at cause and not at effect, which is what happens if you were not in touch mm-hmm. with yourself, you were just acted upon. So there seems to be something about, you know, being in touch with the self is an important part of the ideology of yeah. spirituality, whether that comes through practice is another thing. Yeah, may I want to go back to this mm. point of neoliberalism, because mm-hmm. I think it's important, because I think definitely the recognition that there is a connection is true. I think it emerges neoliberal ideology and postmodern culture and uh, post-capitalistic global economics. They all and spirituality yeah. emerge mm-hmm. at the same period, mm-hmm. and sometimes there's an overlap between the social composition of the people who are involved. Yeah. But I think the fact that there are similarities and there is interconnection between 
doesn't mean that spirituality is a disguised neoliberal ideology. It can be also a response sometimes to neo. Okay. Uh, so, so from that point of view, yeah. I think the connection is definitely there. And as I suggested, you know, this, we can look at spirituality as a kind of a postmodern new culture formation and new age also. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that doesn't mean that it, it identifies with other postmodern mm-hmm. uh, uh, cultural formations. And again, sometimes it is. I think on the one hand, you can show you can show points in which it strengthens neoliberal ideology, but also other points or other groups. We have so many variety in the in the you know spirituality is a new age that is a response and even trying to undermine. Mm -hmm. But still, again, what I what I I see it's something very relevant. And you know we live in a postmodern, uh, uh, late capitalistic society. The, the cultural formation we use, and I think all of us are part of them mm-hmm. to a certain degree. You know, there are those who are relevant to our society, and of course they're interconnected. Mm-hmm. So this nostalgia you, that, that you mentioned, mm-hmm. I think it's not relevant to to criticize spirituality. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see my role as a as a as a, as a scholar to you know to to give uh, marks or great great uh, <laughs> religious or spiritual. So, because of course I mean the the, the church is in this sort of um, early 20th century or earlier kind of um, in the earlier economic systems with the nation state and and these kind of things that there, there are examples of of institutional religion working with the state and working against the state then and there are examples of of new age and spirituality mm-hmm. working with the state and against the state now. We should, what, yes, it's, it's, it's no different. But of mm-hmm. course, if you're looking at it from a nostalgic yes. point of view where, um, you know, this pre-modern, uh, or not pre-modern, uh, modern organization of the state and you're looking for things that look like the church you grew up in, then maybe you are going to come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of that kind of countercultural impetus, um, I think Paul Helis. Uh, talks about what he most recently calls new, new, new age spiritualities of life. He says it's something like a, a gentle counterflow or something like that. He, he's kind of not sort of going full on for the kind of countercultural stances of the, of the sixties, mm-hmm. but you know, he's saying there is some kind of modest critique here in, in the stuff he's looking at. And, uh, Sort of connected with that was the date of the, the Kendall project, you know, the mm-hmm. spiritual revolution book that Paul did with Linda Woodhead. And there, they did quite a lot of valuable data. And I mean, now it's a little bit old, perhaps the early 2000s it was. But there was clearly a correlation between the folks participating in the holistic milieu in Kendall and environmental, ecological, green values. Um, and there was also a correlation when asked in the various uh, questionnaires and interviews with left of centre political attitudes mm. as well. So I go, this is some way towards saying here's one small body of evidence that bears out mm. what you're saying, mm. whereas you know that it's not only a question of being subsumed by mm. sort of neoliberal positions. There is sort of agency here in, in a more political, in a small p. But this language is also taken up wholesale amongst the sort of the new right 
and um, the sort of conspiracy right, right. milieu that I look at. I mean, when I was down looking at, well, I mean, okay, so most of the case studies I looked at actually were more left leaning, but certainly in the right wing, um, it's a little bit yeah, blurred because yeah, in the, it, we tend to focus on US data, and of course, the US data is strongly identifies as Christian. But if you look at the the right outside of the US. There's a strong association with spirituality and you can find, for example, uh, Red Ice uh, radio uh, podcast and now TV show um, out of Sweden mm-hmm. um, started off doing very much kind of new age and healing kind of stuff and have right. gradually moved over until they're now just completely right wing right. pagan identifying. But you can see in the space of a few years there as they make that shift yeah. you still have language of spirituality and and yeah. um, higher purpose yeah. and all these kind of things yeah. um, and focus on health practices you know all of these things yeah, are still there right. um, yeah. so that you know that that discourse is not restricted to the left Definitely. at all a few yeah. years ago we had a project on the politics of the new age right. actually my interest right. right. spirituality started from that project yes. and again it was became very clear first of all that in, in difference than the the self declaration of many spiritualists and evangelists, we are not yeah. interested in politics. They are involved in politics, yeah. mm-hmm. but you can find the combination. You can find new age practices and use of spiritual uh, terminology in the, the extreme right, yeah. religious right, national right in Israel, and of course what you would more expect in the in the in the in the left and, and green movements, etc. So it really is applied. <laughs> I think again mm. showing. That it's a key cultural concept if it can be used, and uh, by, by, by very different uh, uh, political and ideological yeah. agendas. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. And actually, I think the use is quite similar. It's not that they just use it as a, a you know, each one gives it a completely different. They they, they integrate it in very different ideologies, mm-hmm. but the practices mm-hmm. themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and you go and I don't know. Do some kind of violent political act in the evening. In the morning, you grow uh, organic veg uh, and do meditation practices, etc., and and connect with the nature Um, around you. Yeah, Yeah, and and lots of lots of food. You know, like eating uh, probiotic and vegetarian diets and all this stuff. It's right across the board. very interesting the use of, of, of the new age terminology to, to justify, for instance, violence. Mm. That's natural. Mm. You know, part of the extreme right movements in general will say revenge is something very basic. Right. Right. And because of that, we can do, you know, revenge acts right. because that's, right. that's part of, right. you know, going right. back to nature, right. connecting with the earth. You right. know, it's, a, it's a amazing to see this yeah. combination. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but we just wanted to let you know to remind you about our Patreon link. Uh, The Religious Studies Project has always been free since its inception, uh, but we know that there's a great problem in academia with uh, people not being paid for the work that they're expected to do, particularly early career scholars. And we at the RSP want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So you can help if you can spare even one pound a month um, by going to patreon.com slash Project RS and subscribing. We know that these podcasts are very useful for people who are teaching and people in their learning. So if you can help um, either by subscribing there or by making a one-off donation using the PayPal button on our website, it would be greatly appreciated and will help us keep bringing you this podcast for free and fight against exploitation in academia. But now, back to the episode. And so that, that raises a question. I mean, it sounds to me that you're saying that spirituality as a concept has, has travelled 
very well in Israel, for example, in non-Christian contexts. Because it's, it's often seemed to me that there are some kind of affinities with a kind of post-Christian culture and, and the spirituality discourse. But it seems clear, even if that's the case, that it can acculturate elsewhere quite happily. Yes. yes. So there's no problem with secular Jews, uh, religious Jews, all kinds of folk picking up the term in the Israeli yes. context. I think it will be all across the board, mm. but I think you will find some kind of American-West connection, yeah. even in ultra, because some of the ultra-Orthodox movements, the, many of the people of the members are actually, you know, returning to religion. Mm -hmm. So actually they have that, uh, you know, that background or acquaintance. Yeah. But I think on the other hand, it's so available and right. present here, right. that even if you grew in an ultra-Orthodox family, you, you know, you, you can, it's available, the That's terminology right. and the practices are there, so they are easily reached. Right. And, and I, I, I believe it's similar in, uh, at least in westernized and, and uh, middle-class uh, um, um, populations also in other non-Christian cultures. I think in mm -hmm. Turkey, Indonesia, Morocco, mm -hmm. uh, you will find again language of spirituality and yeah. definitely the New Age practices. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's very interesting. To, and to, and in, to look uh, at yeah, in Asia as well, in um, Japan, Japan, China, definitely yes. Um, yeah. Which, so you actually mentioned something about this, Boaz, in one of the papers I read um, about how this was essentially uh, swapping a sort of dualistic uh, Western model for an a Eastern um, um, monistic model. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if actually that, that would indicate that this would have quite a lot of currency in, in, in Asian countries because it kind of maps much better mm -hmm. than the imported... Um, model of religion and and um, spirituality. I'm not sure how it goes. You know, this is the pizza effect. You know, of coming, uh -huh. uh, you know, receiving back, uh, you know, medita Indian meditation practices after they were Westernized and then in uh -huh. incorporating them back. Uh, similar things with Kabbalah, for instance. You know, having this new Kabbalah and then integrated. So there is some kind of coming back, but I, I, I think I would be hesitant to say that, you know, there's something... Definitely many of the practices were borrowed from non-Christian cultures, but to say that they're more open to them because of that, I, I would oh, put no. more, more emphasis on the globalization. This I, is haven't, part of I haven't made yeah. myself yeah. very yeah. clear. Okay, so what I mean is that the model of talking about spirituality mm -hmm. rather than talking about religion mm -hmm. and the secular would make more sense in an Asian country where they were never things that were separate to start with. So if you're going to import a Western construct, then spirituality works better than religion and, and the secular. Okay. Does so, that make sense? Yeah. 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 That's clear. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so what, so what is it? It starts to sound, I mean, I'm not convinced that, that I'm not convinced that there is one discourse. I'm, 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 there, there are several different, I think, layered and stacked yes. discourses, but they probably share something in common. What is it they share in common, and 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 what 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 why is this so, why why are these discourses so attractive? What are they doing? You know, what are, what what kind of empowerment or status or capital are they giving people? Do you have any developed thoughts on this, Spires? What's the attraction? Not to the yes yes. There's, there's, a familiar, yeah, there's question, something yes yes, yeah. but I. Th 
Again, as a, I think some of the emphasis of the New Age practices yeah, yeah. and, and the, the, this concept of spirituality yeah. are really in line with, with contemporary ideologies, ways of living. Yeah, sure. Uh, as, as, as I suggested, I think that this, this, and as you just said, you know, the separation, the strict uh, uh, separation between um, religious and secular had its role, you know, in modernity. Mm-hmm. And it seems it doesn't have that role. And then people can, you know, use something yeah. new, which again, I, I don't want to say it's a new, a new way of going back to religion because I think it's something difficult, mm-hmm. different, but really having a position which they don't have to define themselves as a secular uh, or religious and making those uh, borders between them. And then really giving some kind of what is called spiritual meaning for body practices, for instance. Uh, seem positive in a positive way regarding the body, yes. giving it a, a value that didn't, uh, you know, wasn't there, I think, in Christian uh, uh, mm-hmm. medieval and early mm-hmm. modern uh, culture. Um, maybe this really the, 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 the globalization tendency, I think, of all of us, of tourism and cultural consumption and etc. So you can pick from many different cultures yes. all those practices. This is something that the concept of spirituality enables, which the concept of religion didn't. You know, you couldn't go to church and and, yes. uh, and, yeah. and you know, and practice yoga. It was uncomfortable, I assume, in the, in the early 20th century. Today, you can go to church and have a yoga practice and, 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 and exactly as you said, this is justified by mm-hmm. using the term spirituality. Yeah. And I suspect as well that modern communications technology means that although people would have been doing heterodox practices, mm-hmm. sometimes practices from, you know, from outside, but sometimes folk mm-hmm. kind of things, mm-hmm. the degree to which we were aware that other people were doing them was limited. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd ha- you would only, yeah. you'd have to know somebody pretty well to know that they were actually also, you know, <coughs> making charms or doing healings mm-hmm. and these kind of things. Whereas now we know that everywhere, um, you know, it's vernacular and there's mm-hmm. all sorts of heterodox things going mm-hmm. on in every Christian. But when, when we didn't have those ways of communicating and all the knowledge was mandated from the church authorities, mm-hmm. that wasn't the impression you would have got. Mm-hmm. So it's not only changed the degree to which these are available, it's changed the fact that we now know that that it's been available and that everybody does it and it's fine <laughs> yeah you know it's that kind of thing so the, the idea of self for instance mm. it's so central to our culture yeah, criticize yeah, it or not you know yes, we, we're not in a communal uh, yeah. uh, culture anymore yes, and, yes, and here so yes. the self i think that's a wonderful expression i think yes. in, in, Paul Hillas hit the nail here with yeah. the self spirituality. Right, right, you no, know, it's not yes. a God spiritual, and it's not a, it's a yeah. self spiritual. And, and let's say self is in the yeah. center, yeah. Uh, yeah. improvement, self improvement, self progress, yeah. etc. Yeah. That's that's the core of a, that's yeah. the core yeah. value of our society. Where I think, in a way, we're all part of it. I think similar things happen yeah. in the university. Mm-hmm. What happens, in, you know, yeah. the, the, the whole concept of knowledge yeah. as something practical, it's something that improves our life. That's the that's the the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what spirituality offers people. A way of having something practical doesn't take too much of your time, which is, you yeah. know, again, it's not necessarily yeah. negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it a bit like, so it's some, is it a bit like having your cake and eating it? You know, that phrase where you kind of, you know, you can have the best of both worlds. Yeah. You can, you can, at the level of uh, a personal embodied and, and relational level, you can have, uh, Something more than is vouchsafed by a purely, um, you know, secular, uh, 
a materialist regime, but one does not have to go the whole hog, uh, one does not have to go the whole way into um, a, a more developed or fully blown practice or identification. Do you see what I'm I, saying? I think it's a bit too critical for my That's point of view. Right because I, again, I, I'm trying to, you know... Well, I mean, I, I mean it descriptively, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the cake and not. Okay. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah, that's yeah. true. I think, I don't know, the difference between psychoanalysis and, and, and contemporary, you know, uh, um, clinical psychology, which is much, you know, treatment. Again, mm. it's this, I think it's the same direction. And it's not necessarily bad. You don't have the time or you don't have the justification mm. of, of, you know, um, uh, you know, digging into your past for hours on the sofa. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. something that was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. was okay. Okay, for certain people, of course, and yes. quite limited people in the in the early mid twentieth century. Now today, people want to go to a session that will improve their mental or psychological, going for three, four times. You know, having some kind. And I think that's also what spirituality. Spirituality. Yeah. You don't have to read the, the whole, uh, uh, right. you know, uh, Hindu literature uh, in order to do yoga. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, in, in which case that fits neoliberalism quite well because <laughs> that's it's, exactly it's, what you know, we're, we're getting to increasing productivity and minimalizing work. I think yeah. that's part of it. That's part of it. But again, it's not necessarily the same. Okay. But in that case, what about the question of secularization? Because in, in one or two mm-hmm. of your writings, you have suggested that there is some kind of pushback here or, or a reversing of the conditions of secularization or a qualification, mm-hmm. should we say, of the conditions of secularization. But in fact, what you just said would be used by strong secularization theorists mm-hmm. to, say, to say, well, that's exactly it. You know, this is just a kind of um, a boost of, of secular conditions. No, I think it's... I, th- <laughs> uh, I think secularization and religionization. We're mm. speaking about secularization, right. but actually, the term, the interesting term, or another interesting, is religionization. religionization. Because the, ass- the assumption that there is a process of secularization assumes that there was before there was a state of religion, of religiosity, and then security, secularization came and started, you know, going forth and maybe now coming back. Mm. I see mm. the process of secularization working in tandem with a process of religionization. These are two concepts that mm-hmm. started in Western Europe in mm-hmm. the early modern modern period and were applied to other cultures. It wasn't there before, neither religion nor secular, secularity. Yes. 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 And and then we have this process. And I think now we have a different process. I think it's not that it's going back or it's still in play, of course. You know, religionization, I think, is looking at things and saying, ah, this is religion. And or or looking at myself saying, I'm religion, so I'm behaving in such and such what I believe. That's the process of religionization right. or secularization, the same thing. Right. This is secular, so it's supposed to have some, to behave like mm-hmm. secular. I'm secular, so there are certain right. things I do and certain things I don't do. And I think that's not relevant to many people today. And you right. say, no, right. I'm not secular, I'm not right. religious, yes. it's not relevant, I'm right. spiritual. And then right. they start doing things yeah. which are really a new kind okay. of things like 
yoga and going to church for sometimes and and swimming and saying yeah. wow i have a spiritual experience now yeah, yeah, yeah. and and, and yeah. all those new things so so i don't see it as part of secularization i see right. it is something basically different so so is it the case that just as people like timothy fitzgerald have argued that the religious and the secular are kind of co-constitutive so secularization and religionization are kind of mutually generating each other and what we have here is now a, a different kind of situation that you know has transcends that or has moved beyond that yes. those kinds yes. of concerns yes. yeah. actually I think that the, the spirituality actually <coughs> corroborates and strengthens the position of Fitzgerald and McCutcheon and Talal Assad because it shows that not only in non-western cultures or pre-modern cultures there was no concept of religion and secular right. also in our Society, mm-hmm. Western uh, 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 societies, they knew it. It didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't disappear, those mm-hmm. concepts. I don't think they will disappear. But there's a new option, which is neither secular mm-hmm. nor religion. So I think that strengthens their point that mm-hmm. it's not something universal. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Any last thoughts on the sort of... The, the situation in the field, in 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 our field, rather than the, you know, the, uh, how how do we move forward? How do we start to deal with this within, you know, religious studies? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good question. Well, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Boaz, and I, and I I know a bit about David, but I mean, teaching this material is is an interesting challenge, uh, and he, here, I mean, in many ways. This is a, a whole topic in itself. Uh, David has written an edited work on this, but we we tend to still in religious studies or the study of religions, we're very much constrained by a kind of very hegemonic model of, of religion as world religions, these big institutional blocks of things that are almost like you know, corporate institutions that are said to have these kinds of identities. And that really does constrain how you can insert this material into the curriculum to teach to students because as I do think as well as theorizing this material and researching it, we need to be able to try and educate you know, the next generation of students who will come and take our place so we can get more work done on this. And, I mean, it's not just an idle uh, contemporary issue. I mean, one would say that the whole world of, you know, what gets called the occult, what it calls esoteric, have been very, very important in the last couple of hundred years at least, but are scarcely researched at all, scarcely get the, the kind of the resources to work with them that, you know, Judaism, the various Christianities, the various Judaisms get, you know. So it's a real question about how we can bring to people's attention the, the significance of this stuff, working with such conservative paradigms of, of religion, which themselves are a product of the very mm-hmm. conditions you're describing, you know. So, um, I mean, I teach a course called New Spiritualities, and, I, and I've been beavering away at this course for years. I don't know if you do any teaching in this line about this yes, material yes. where you are, Boaz. Yeah, well, I, I'm in a different position because I'm in a, in a department of Jewish studies. Yeah. But in a way similar, because yeah. also very conservative. Yeah. I think I not many... Departments of Jewish thought, but definitely I, I give a courses on, on New Age Kabbalah, contemporary right. Kabbalah, right. sometimes even larger new on, on right. New Age. Right. And, right. Although that's complete, no, that's stepping the line because it's not even Jewish. <laughs> uh, um, right. But definitely, I think, and I think it's good that we, so we are doing it. I think that the, I, I was, I, I received when I started 
I received very negative uh, reactions from some of my colleagues right. uh, yeah. who really sneered at what you're, you, you're not doing serious scholarship. What happened was you're a serious scholar, how come you leave manuscripts yeah. and go and study? Yeah. And, but yeah. I think, you know, slowly, that, that was 20 years ago, and I think our work is, <laughs> I think it's changing, and people are much more open in the academia now to, to working and recognizing the significance of, uh, of contemporary, whatever we yeah. call it, spirituality yeah. or new age or religiosity. Well, I do think the key there uh, in terms of the academic um, capital of a project is to connect the debates with larger debates about religion and modernity, religion mm. and secularization, <laughs> consumption, um, political ideologies, mm. economics, all that kind of thing. And when, I think when we start to do that, we find more colleagues taking us seriously, both in the field of various studies of religion, but outside of that, you know, in cultural studies and sociology. Do you think, do you think that's the case? Yeah. Because you've always connected these things to uh, wider yeah. processes. Um, and, and part of the problem is that it, it, there also hasn't been a lot of work on this kind of material from within the critical um, religion, you know, approach that's tended to, to focus more on historical genealogy. And mm. we're now starting to get things like Aaron Hughes' work on Islam, for instance. Right. Um, but there's, there still needs to be a focused project looking at the emergence of new age spirituality, um, other alternative religious yeah. movements mm. within the critical, you know, history of, of the idea of religion mm. and the category of religion. But absolutely, yes, that's how we need to, um, establish uh, the, the importance of, of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it'll also help us to move, because so much of that work is done from an insider perspective, unfortunately, right. which is a, it's a whole other conversation, yes. but it's worth mentioning. Yes. But yeah, absolutely, I agree with, with what both of you are saying. And um, we just need to get enough of a foothold in the academy that we can actually do this work. And I think with hindsight, it'll be clear what the importance of it was. Right. I think it's also a question of connecting because I think there's more work done than we have. Sometimes, you know, I meet someone. Yeah, wow, you're doing this. I didn't mm. know that you were working. Mm. So there's a group working on uh, new religiosities in Turkey. Very interesting. Right. right. Uh, quite right. a large group. Yes. Uh, yes. Many of them francophones. Right. So yeah. maybe yeah. Where yeah. there's less connections. Also, the question yeah. of, of different uh, uh, academic cultures. Yeah. But there's people working on it in Morocco. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and I think that's fascinating. So yes. I think. Very happy to be here and meet you. Yeah. You know, I think those connections between scholars who are working sometimes they're in their own corners. Yes, uh, yeah. That's also very important yeah. to put it. Uh, because, of think. course, there are no institutes or <laughs> where we yeah. can do this yeah. work is yes. the problem. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's very, that's really right. I mean, yes. um, Jean-Francois Meyer, the Swiss scholar, uh, yeah, yeah, put me onto a paper um, through his Religioscope um, Foundation about mm. new spiritualities in Azerbaijan, for mm-hmm. example. Mm. Very interesting paper, you know. And then, as you say, you know, yeah. there's Morocco, there's Turkey, but there's also yeah. uh, new spiritualities in, in sort of Catholic contexts. Like Mexico as well. Definitely. So you're probably South, right. South, South America is South America. There's a lot yeah. going yeah, on sure, there. Sure. Yeah. So there's a there's a, yeah, it's a question of yeah. connecting and it's yeah. a connection of resources to do the connecting as well, of course, because in my view academia doesn't free float. It's always dependent on money and institutional support. Um, okay, well, that's a that's a, a good point to end on. I think it's relatively positive, but <laughs> realistic. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks to you, Boaz, and to Steve uh, for this very stimulating uh, conversation. Thank you both. Thank you.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, interview in particular, Chris. It would have been nice to get some of your thoughts at the time uh, about you know, particularly sort of Boaz's idea that the currency of spirituality in the public discourse on religion is due to it transcending the idea of r- religious and secular as separate spheres. Mm. Transcending is the wrong word. I mean, that's kind of... Yeah. Uh, but uh, that... He, I particularly liked his idea that um, we talk about secularization, but that goes hand in hand with religionization, and that bo- in both of these processes of constructing this this uh, dualistic what's the word? Uh, yeah, let's say dualistic, dualistic system, um, dialectic, a dialectic. Yes. That's right. Uh, if they if they both fail, and then we. You know, Spirituality is something which isn't them, but partakes in the same thing. Yeah, indeed. No, no, no. Yeah, and I, I often find myself um, repeating. It's actually a phrase from from Linda Woodhead about religion having become a toxic brand um, in um, many contexts, and that the language of the spiritual sort of ca- seems to capture a lot of what people see as all the nice bits that were associated with religion without any of the, the perceived negatives. And then also, um, you know, we will be shown as, as you discussed there, you know, so sort of these remarkable figures and everything about how, how many people identify as spiritual or participate in spiritual practices or see themselves in some way as spiritual. But I always think, well, what, what's the alternative there when these questions are asked? Is it, are you materialistic? Are you superficial? <laughs> um, and, and when it's framed in that kind of, um, an, another dialectic, then, um, the spiritual can seem all that, that's just being deep and considerate and nice to my fellow human. Well, I, I mean, when I was doing research into new age conspiracy groups, I actually asked them what spiritual meant and they didn't give me the same answer. Um, it could mean anything from truth, uh, you know, being yourself to psychological. Yeah, it meant all sorts of things. Um, and then every so often you'd get one who kept insisting it was spiritualism and I had to, you know, bite the scholarly part of my tongue not to correct them every time. Exactly. So it is, as we've just discussed, um, it's a term that is remarkably slippery and contested, but is very, um, yeah, it has a lot of discursive power. Talking about things with a lot of discursive power, next week's interview is by Jonathan Tuckett and Bettina Schmidt. And they're talking about experience, which is another... Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, that's um, another thing. That's, that's a gone. double link. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a, an episode that Jonathan um, did with video um, at the Open University's Contemporary Religion and Historical Perspective Conference back in February. Um and this was based on, on Bettina's keynote talking about some early figures in the uh, study of religion, particularly sort of anthropological, phenomenological um, approach, but people who placed experience centrally. And she talks about the way that the aspects of their work that have influenced contemporary study, but also those that have been kind of forgotten. And Bettina's argument is that we should centralise claims of experience um, again in religious studies. 
Excellent. Well, we know that that will um, certainly pique the interest of a number of our regular listeners. And uh, that's going to be our final podcast for the 2017-2018 uh, academic year. And it's fitting that we're uh, last week we had the uh, the outgoing BASR president. Uh, st- uh, this week, sorry, we had the outgoing BASR resident Steve Sutcliffe, and Bettina um, will be uh, assuming the office of BASR president in Belfast in September. Um, so fitting that they are sort of uh, closing the the academic year um, at the RSP. Mm, absolutely, and you know, BASR are longest and most faithful uh, uh, sponsor here but also kind of our spiritual home so yeah I've, I've brought it back full circle wonderful and to you uh, listener who've stuck with us right to the end of this podcast thank you you right there yeah, you you don't, personally don't we're talking to you thank you for listening have a nice big hug The Religious Studies Project is sponsored by the British Association for the Study of Religions, the North American Association for the Study of Religion, and the International Association for the History of Religions. Brought to you by Founders and Editors-in-Chief Chris Cotter and David Robertson, and Managing Editor Thomas J. Coleman III. Our features are edited by Jonathan Tuckett, and our opportunities digest by Yana Shirley. Podcast transcription by Helen Bradstock, with audio assistance from Gregory Schneider and Samuel Ward. Social media managed by Ray Radford, and sales and marketing by Sammy Bishop. Don't forget, you can support the project using our Amazon.com.co.uk and .ca links, or by donating at patreoncom projectrs And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, YouTube, iTunes, and other portals. <laughs>